Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve, and welcome to my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is July 14th, 2023. It's currently 3.14 a.m. in the morning. I know what you're thinking. Steve, you gotta go to bed. What the hell are you doing up so late? Why are you talking to me? Is it that important? Do you have to stay up late and complain about things? Yeah, I do. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, anyway... Thank you so much if you're listening to my podcast right now. I know a lot of you have left my little channel here. Is that what they call it? Is that what they call a podcast? Is it a channel? I'm really not sure. I don't know. I'm not even sure what to call myself right now when I do these podcasts. I think I'm, am I a podcaster or I'm a guy who just, am I just a constant complainer? I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. It's just me, guys, with my cell phone recording my conversation. I'm not even interviewing a guest. It's just me ranting on for maybe half an hour or an hour. This one, though, won't go for an hour because I got to get to bed. But I did wanted to chime in on something here, and it's about this stupid strike that's going on in Hollywood. So we got we got SAG and AFTRA, their actors' guilds, you know, striking. They call themselves the Hollywood Actors Guild, and uh, you also got the writers striking. So a lot of you have emailed me, and because uh, you know I used to be a screenwriter before, and uh, you know I would just say I'm, a, I'm still a professional storyteller. All right, screenwriting. I learned the art of screenwriting when I was very, very young. Um, I got very good at it, and I'm still. I'm even better now. <laughs> if I were to dip my toe back into the movie or, or television industry or even the entertainment industry, I could bang out a script so easy, and one with really just. You know, three-dimensional, great characters and story arcs and everything like that. But I just don't do that right now because, you know, I love I love telling real stories about wedding couples. I do that with photos. I like write, writing, like, you know, articles for my, for my own company. And my ambitions in life have just changed. I, I My ambition right now is to make really good barbecue and to sell really good barbecue to all of you. That is my ambition. I don't want to write a script and, like, you know, make $200,000 and all that. Already tried that. That's really hard to do. <laughs> but, you know, I have had some success in, I guess, more success than others when it comes to, like, uh, the entertainment industry, uh, things that I have done before uh, just to, you know, blow my own horn or to brag to it about you is that I have produced um, three TV shows before, a long time ago when I was a lot younger. Uh, these were in Japan. They were independently produced, not with any studio. I fundraised it myself, sold it to networks myself, and uh, got and got the actors and hired them, directed it, wrote it. And these were three TV shows over in Japan and Sky Perfect TV, which is a satellite TV company. I think they're the equivalent of, of direct TV over there in, um, in Japan. They gave me a, a three-picture deal. You know, three series deal, which I fulfilled and I got some money off of, which was really great. Uh, it made some pretty good money. <laughs> I really enjoyed the money. And, uh, and uh, I don't think this, you can find it anywhere on top of the internet. I'm back, this is before YouTube, pre-YouTube. And boy, you know what? I wish we had YouTube back then because it would make things so much easier. You know, back then when you, you produced really good content, getting distribution was really, really difficult. So if you produce really, a really good movie, a really good TV show, you were always asking yourself, well, you know, where the hell am I going to get this distributed? And distribution is like how, you know, what your advertisers really cared about. So if you really didn't have a good distribution hub, right, you really weren't going to have a lot of good, you know, advertisers. Luckily, Sky Perfect TV was great. 
and I got a lot of Hawaii advertisers. We, uh, advertisers. We had airlines. We had hotels advertising with us. We're, there, we had restaurants advertising with us. We, and we made up some pretty good money. So, uh, you know, I made that. It was very, very, very profitable. Uh, probably more profitable than some of these movies are making right now. And, um, and, and that was my, that was part of my experience in the entertainment industry. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, the other part was that where, where did I learn how to do all of this? Well, this is back when I was in 18, 19 years old. You know, trying to, I would moved up to California, tried to make it as a screenwriter. And I, you know, again, by being like, you know, very like, uh, I guess, open to any, any opportunities that were out there, uh, I just grabbed, I guess, I guess, I, I was, I would say grab, grab, grab opportunity by the horns. But, you know, whenever there was an opportunity that arose from somewhere, I was there. And time, I was just there in the right place at the right time. And I ended up having the opportunity to do some work for some celebrities. I ended up having the opportunity to, you know, work with a lot of people who I never thought I would work for in my life. And, uh, you know, I, I had an agent and I was signed with a small agency and it was really cool. And, uh, and I even had the opportunity to um, work for, as a writer on a TV show, which I turned down because I did not want to become part of the union. Even back then, when I was that young, I was very conservative. And I told myself, you know, I don't want to be, become part of this union or any union because when you do, when you become part of a union, um, it you you basically cannot work with any non-union project. Now, it happens all the time. They call it moonlighting, and uh, but they don't like it. They really, really don't like it. And and they and if anyone finds out about it, you know, that's that's really, really a bad thing. Now, because it's a, because a lot of non-union, a lot of union writers don't want to do non-union things. Me, my, me and myself, you know, as a non-union writer and a pretty darn darn good one, uh, there was a lot of like you know actors who are dipping their toes into producing, and they would hire me out and say, "Hey, Steve, I have this idea. I don't. I'm not a screenwriter, but can you get my idea to paper? Work with me, and maybe something's there." And you wouldn't imagine how many actors there are out there who do this, uh, how many people want to become producers. Now, this is, this is all back in the late 1990s. And, uh, you know, back right around before the 19, 1995 and before, a lot of actors would get movie picture deals um, from studios. And this is when studios created actually good stuff. So if you're like this, um, see, for example, um, you know, Sinbad, right? You remember Sinbad, the, the, the African-American comedian? He was a really, really funny guy. And uh, he had a, he had a TV show called Vibe, and I remember I I became very very close to his family. Well, not very very close, but close enough. And uh, there were some yeah, I became close to the writers on that on that show. And he was a TV host for Vibe, and they, and uh, you know they were he he ended up getting like a three picture movie deal or something like that. So a lot of the writers there who were on the who were the who were writers for the television show Vibe, they were trying to put together a script. That would, you know, that Sinbad would maybe get, I guess, be part of. Now, again, he had a three picture movie deal. I'm not sure if that ever, like, you know, uh, I guess, you know, you know, came to fruition. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, and I was, I was, I was actually offered to become a writer on that show <laughs> because there's, because the comedy on that show, the writing on that show, it was bad. I mean, it was bad. They had a lot of comedians on top of there, the wrong type of comedians, and they just weren't funny. Um, the, the, their sense of humor didn't have a good story to it. And you have to have a, you know, you, ha you have to have humor that, that 
you have to be able to say something really effectively in about 30 seconds or even less than that than that and they really didn't have the ability to write scripts with a lot of wit to themselves and even myself at 19 years old I was a lot better than those guys who were about 30 to 35 years old so I was again I was offered that I was offered that and I turned it down and then right, unfortunately, right after that vibe, well, vibe went, I guess, good thing I turned it down because actually vibe went right off the air. Uh, I think uh, vibe went on hiatus and it came back and they're, they're gone. And the Roseanne Barr like show took, Roseanne Barr had a talk show back then, but the Roseanne Barr, uh, I guess, show took over the same studio where vibe was in. So, and that was over, I think the Sony Picture Studios or something like that. I think the, the CBS, Sony, I, I forgot where it was. It's over there in Culver City. So anyway. That that's what happened, and uh, and then I ended up coming back here to Hawaii, started started producing my own stuff, and the rest is history. So that, but I saw that I guess what being part of the union would do, and 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 I never understood why writers would want to become part of a union unless they can't think for themselves. So what does a union do for you? The, the unions, you know, they 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 set parameters by the, I guess they'll say the, the big companies on how much you, you can get paid or how little you can get, can, can get paid. And, uh, you know, the, 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 I guess the studios will always try to pay you the least amount that they need to, to actually produce something. But here's the thing. If, if you have a really good agent and I had a pretty good agent, um, you, you, your agent negotiates out what type of deal you're going to be working for. I mean, that's their job. I mean, they don't only get you work, they negotiate out your pay. And when it comes to writers, I mean, especially in the feature, you know, the feature movie entertainment industry, or the feature, I'm sorry, the feature length movie industry, you know, when, when, when things are, when you're producing movies or, or things that are on spec, right? we're talking like, we're, say, for an, say for example, a businessman wants to produce a movie. He has no idea where to start, but you have to, the first step is to get his idea on paper. So who does he contact? Well, he has a friend who knows a friend who knows me. So then he'll hire me out. He'll sit me down and hire me out. And then I'll have him talk to my agent. And they, my agent will say, well, you know, here, here's what we're going to work out. And at that point, my agent is also a manager because again, certain agents, you know, they're, if they're registered, registered with the WGA, they have to only work with, within the union scope. But if they're a manager, they can be, you know, they're, they can take, they take a little more, but they, they can work in this non-union environment. So this producer, this, this businessman, he's just, a, say he's, he loves doing real estate or just he's a car dealership and he, he owns a car dealership. He just has a lot of money. He, but he has to get his idea to paper. Now, he can either go to a union, a union TV writer and say, oh, this guy worked on The Simpsons, this guy worked on, you know, MASH, or this guy worked on Miami Vice, and he's, and he can write you this, but then you gotta pay that guy union wages. Right? And, and that's like hiring a lawyer out because they gotta either got, gotta get paid by hour or by, you know, whatever the studio will pay them, and that's really, really expensive. And these, these guys who want to get into the, um, the, the entertainment industry, want to produce things, they don't want to spend that much money, especially on something that may not even happen. They just want to get their ideas down on paper because they're not a screenwriter. So they'll hire a non, usually they'll hire a non-union writer and they're looking for someone who's really good. Now, most of the non-union writers are not very, very good, right? So, well, now they are. Now they actually are. But then anyway, anyway, that's where I would come in. I'm the non-union writer and I work with that investor to try to get that, that that idea down on a script. Now, sometimes 
you're dealing with a SAG actor. You're dealing with a celebrity. And they want to work with a non-union actor too. They don't want to work with a, some established big head who works for the studios because they're, they're just trying to say, hey, I got this idea. I just want to put it down on paper and uh, I want to see if it works. And once it's down on paper, then you're out of the deal. You know, then they'll, they'll, they'll talk to another director or another friend of theirs or even another investor and they'll hire out a screenwriter and eventually it gets to a point where they'll get their amount of talent together and then they'll hire another screenwriter who is maybe union, who be, who comes with this other, you know, package deal and then, and then that all of us, you know, then that story is like completely rewritten to a point where, you know, I don't even recognize it. But then that's how the deal happens. Now, if it weren't for that non-union writer, None of that would have happened. None of it. Now, what are these writers are what are these writers striking for right now? Um, well, right now at this moment, they're striking for a couple things. The writers and the actors they want they want a piece of the pie when it comes to streaming content. They want a big piece of the pie, uh, not really a big piece of the pie, but they're, what they say uh, they're a fair share which is still a big piece of the pie because when it comes to streaming content, there's not, there's really not much money to be made. There really, really, really isn't. Um, you may think there's a lot of money in, in a, becoming an influencer, but there's really, really not. You have to really work your ass up. And there's really not a lot of money if, if, you're, if your content, if you have to split up that streaming pie, I guess the money you make, the, the, the money you make from streaming, all those little clicks and impressions from every single ad that runs, if you have to split it between your writers, your actors, your directors, and everything like that, it just doesn't make that much money. And, uh, and, 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 that's, just, and that's just the truth. But that's what the actors and writers are striking about. That's one of the things they want to do. They say they, if, these, if these things that they work on start streaming on any platform, they want to make sure they're compensated. They get their little piece of pie. Now, to me, I thought residual payment was always a joke because you because you're never going to get any part of it. You know the the studios are so smart when it comes to financing. You know certain people will be part of different production companies and that production company and the production company that you're part of will never make money and you'll never get your residual payment at all. So don't even try to you know don't even try to like uh, I guess I guess negotiate that part. That's just stupid. Um, the, the the second part is that. They're, what, what they're, what they're trying to, what they're trying to do is there is, I guess what their beef is, is that they don't want to be replaced by AI and, uh, artificial intelligence. So the writers don't, the writers are seeing that these AI, these, these little chat GTP, I guess, bots can actually generate some pretty, pretty good storylines and pretty good dialogue. And, um, and, uh, the, the actors are seeing that they can actually be replaced by AIs. And part of it is true. I mean, a, I mean, AI is is pretty darn good. And right now, where we're headed to is a lot of these streaming companies, like um, we're talking like Netflix, even studios are getting into the streaming game. I mean, every single studio out, studio out there, they're creating, they're actually creating, um, I guess, streaming content. And streaming content is really, it's a really different game than the, the television and movie movie market because what happens is that what streamers, I guess streaming content companies, you have to produce a lot of content and you have to produce it often. It doesn't matter if you're an influencer or if you're Netflix. You have to produce a lot of content. Now, does that content have to be good? Well, in 
I guess, in a perfect world, yes, but it doesn't really have to be. And, and that's where we are right now. So, so uh, you know, these writers out there, they're saying, wow, this, the, the chat GTP can actually write an entire script. Now, it can't write a really good script. It can't write something even close to me, like close to me. I guess if I were to write it, chat, G, chat GTP can't write what I want to write because there's so many nuances, I guess, when... If you know your personality types, if you know dialogue, if you know if you know character really well, you know, like a person like me, uh, and when you write a script, there's no way you can, you know, there's no there's no way a computer can know how to write that because it's it's so fluid, it's really really fluid, and uh, but can uh, can uh, an AI write the crap that is being produced right now? Especially on things like Disney Plus, or like um, things like on uh, things like even on Amazon or Netflix or something like that, and and it can it, it can produce crappy scripts, but they're still shootable, and a lot of them, to be honest, they're still better than what is produced on Disney Plus. Disney Plus is probably one of the worst streaming services out there, where I've seen some of the worst writing and directing, worst everything that I've ever seen, and uh, and 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 can AI replace these actors? Well. Yes, definitely. You, if you saw the recent Indiana Jones and you saw this a young Harrison Ford grace the screen for about about an hour or so, and it's so convincing that you're looking at young Harrison Ford. I mean, everything but the voice is young, and uh, it's pretty much perfect. It's done perfectly perfectly well. So, you know, and, and I think Indiana at that time, I think there's a stuntman doing a lot of the work for, Indi- uh, I guess, Harrison Ford, and they're just putting his face over it, and it is, it is mapped beautifully. I mean, that is a really nice, deep fake. And there's a lot of, like, you know, deep fakes out there. Um, I hate to say it, there's a lot of deep fake, I guess, porn out there that is using these actors or actresses, never seen any, don't want to see any, but I've heard they're, they're so good that a lot of people can't tell the difference. And, and uh, so AI is getting to that point where, you know, actors can be replaced with an AI. And, and that's what's worrying a lot of these actors out there saying, wow, can, you know, what will happen to my likeliness if I ever, if I don't want to work for the studio, will I still be compensated? Now, that's, that's a legitimate argument, and I think they can go somewhere with that. But that's more of a IP or intellectual property type of argument. That's not a union type of thing. Uh, I think their argument is to say that, well, there's a lot of background actors inside a lot of movies, and what, what happens to those background actors? Can they get, rep- can they get all replaced by CGI? And, and the truth is, they can, and they should be. Because, you know, and they've already been, you know, replaced by a lot of, a lot of, a lot of CGI. You know, back in the day when, you know, when the, what was that movie? I think the, the, the Ten Commandments, right? And you had tons and tons of actors like in a desert making that movie. Uh, that, that is not done these days. Now that's all CGI'd. That's all AI. You know, and, and that's all written, uh, I guess that, I mean, 
there, there's a computer program in there that that figures out oh this person's going to attack that person and that person and it's a lot cheaper to create that on the computer than it is to like again work with unions work with locations you know try to block things off work with environmentalists and everything it's a lot easier they would rather pay a hundred thousand dollars to some really good computer programmers than to work it and make it real so but the you the the the, the sag and aftra they're saying well you know we don't we really don't want that we want we want them to still use regular actors so we want your guarantee and Hollywood is saying well we you know we really can't do that and you know they're striking with the studios and and the really ironic thing about this is that a lot of the a lot of a lot of stuff is not produced by studios nowadays like again the studios really stopped producing movies like in the late 1990s or maybe mid 1990s 96 97 they really start to pull things back Mostly everything is independent now. And then the studios, they're, they're begging to distribute movies. And even they, even they themselves are seeing the writing on the wall. And, and it's to a point where theaters are, you know, theaters are really struggling, struggling to, to make, I guess, to, to, I mean, theaters are really struggling to make a dime right now. Because everyone wants to just say, hey, we'll just watch this movie at home. Like, which movie do we really want to see on the silver screen? It has to be epic. It has to be really, really great. It, you know, it has to be something like Top Gun. You know, it, it can't be a, like a romantic movie uh, because we would, we would just rather watch that at home on our huge flat screen or our huge projector screen and just stream it off Disney or stream it off Netflix or something like that. So, so there, there's this... Right now, what the what the unions are asking for, there's there's some validity to it, but a lot of it is not. Like there's like right now, what the what the what SAG and what the WGA really wants in the long term, to be honest. And I and I and trust me, they're not demanding this right now, but I can see what they're looking for in the long run is that they want all these content creators, that all these influencers. You know, all the people who are creating, um, I guess, entertainment for people like us, right? Regular people who like to watch things. Um, they want them to join the union as a writer, as an actor. So, so my friend, one of my friends, she's an influencer. She creates, or she's a content creator. And all she does is eat food. Um, and uh, she eats food on, on her YouTube channel and people love watching her. And she makes a lot of money. She makes a good living doing that. She works really, really hard. Um, but... I believe that SAG, they would eventually want her to, to unionize her eventually. And then eventually the, the Writers Guild, they would probably want her to actually join the Writers Guild. Uh, and uh, maybe, they, maybe they even, if, if YouTube requires content creators to be unionized, that may just happen. And I think that's where they want to go. They, would, they want to consider YouTube you know, a, a studio. And a distribution center. And if you want to distribute distribute content on top of YouTube, you may just have to start paying a union fee. And I think that's where they want to go. And if they do that, if they do that, they're, they're going to get huge. They can grow their union even larger than it, than it actually is. And it would be a sad thing if, uh, if YouTube caves into that. Because I think right now Netflix, and I think Amazon has caved into it, so Netflix, again, Netflix is just like another version of YouTube, right? But Netflix, 
I mean, it's it's hard to open up your own individual channel there, but then they're like a distribution center where they buy programs. They actually license out content. But in order to get your content on top of Netflix, I think they're saying, well, you have to be, you know, we have to pay union wages, have to make sure you're, you guys paid, you know, you guys are SAG, you guys were part of the WGA, with the Producers Guild, the Directors Guild, and everything like that. It, just imagine if YouTube did the same thing. Or if Rumble did the same thing. Or if Amazon started to do the same thing. I don't think Amazon is doing the same thing right now. But just imagine that. Right? And uh, so that's where we're running into right now. And that's what the, that's what the, the, um, the, the, that's what the whole strike is about. These writers and these, ho- uh, and these Hollywood actors, they, they want control of everything. And they're just trying to take it bit and bit and bit. And these Hollywood studios are fighting them. Because right now, <laughs> there's not much to fight over. These ho- these ho- I-, I tell you what, the scripts that are coming out now, these writers that are on there right now, they're panicking because they can't create good content. They're, they're horrible. Now, I mean, it's, it's really hard to find a show that's great right now. Um, and uh, I'm honest about that. I'm really, really, and the good ones are canceled. The good ones, the good ones stop shooting for some reason. But there's, there's very little good content out there. And when it comes to actors, there's very, very few good actors out there. <laughs> there's, there's very, very few actors. And, and you know what's going to happen? When, if they pass something like this, more productions will just, they'll just go out of the, out of the United States. I mean, they'll, they'll shoot somewhere in Europe. They'll shoot somewhere in, you know, in Canada, New Zealand, New Zealand, Australia. They'll shoot somewhere where the union has no control over them or no one gives a crap. They'll shoot over in Hong Kong. You, you think Bollywood is unionized? You think people in Bollywood are part of the Writers Guild of America? You know, and you think, how about the, all those K-dramas? Those K-dramas, which are making more money and are more popular than any American drama right now. At this point, the K-dramas are... The K dramas are more popular than than American soap operas. They're more profitable, and the writing on it isn't that great. But the writers are non-union. The directors are non-union. The the actors are non-union. <laughs> and and these studios here in America, like Netflix, right? Netflix is considered a studio. They're buying them. And what, what's happening is the 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 unions are saying, "Wait, wait a minute. Their actors are non-union. You can't buy their product from them unless you unionize them." It, it, and it's it's a huge mess. So all of a sudden, oh, handcuff Netflix. It doesn't make any sense. And that's why the studios and 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 everyone they're kind of at this crossroads right now because they're, if they give if the studios give in to these actors who are just spoiled actors and these and these writers are just spoiled writers. They think they they think they're the it people because they think they're creating great content right now, which they're not. If they give in to them. Then the whole entertainment industry of the world gets ruined, right? right? It, it, it'll just get ruined. <laughs> so that's my opinion right now. Sorry if I'm all over all over the place. It's about three forty a.m. in the morning, right? <laughs> but anyway, that's that's my two cents. I better get to bed. I've been talking for twenty six minutes right now, and uh, I know I'm starting to repeat myself over and over with this podcast. Um, by the way, I am going to be watching Sounds of Freedom on Sunday. I'll be back with uh, my review of it. I'm sure that movie is going to be great. Um, 
By the way, I did see again Indiana Jones Dial of Destiny. If you didn't catch my other podcast before this one with Pitmaster Keith, love the movie. Go see it. It's not woke. Um, and I think that's about it right now, people. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. I'm out of here. I'm going to get right to bed. <laughs>